there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Hello, it is I, Mr. Warren Hayes, and giving you such gracious and, and, and warm, fuzzy welcomes tonight here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes on October 28th of the year 2021, where we are going to be talking about professional wrestling. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. Professional wrestling. Can you believe it? That's Well, that's usually what we do here, right? On Thursday nights, we sit around, we chat, we have ourselves a, a nice, nice, sweet little time as we chat about the wacky wild things happening in the world of pro wrestling. And you know what? This week is just one of those weeks where, you know, the podcast just comes together naturally. I, I, it's, it's effortless. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's just one of those where you're like, uh, there's, uh, there's so much stuff going on. So many things coming together that, um, it makes it makes your job of putting putting a a, a run sheet together uh, for a podcast a so much more simple so much more simple and that's what we're going to be we're going to be going through all of that tonight there's some very interesting things some laugh some funny things some things that aren't so funny we're going to get into that in a few minutes, just after I, I, I take the time to welcome everyone joining us live here tonight on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Because yes, I record this podcast every Thursday night live, 6 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. And you if you jump in here, you get to hang out with the likes of Robert Larry. Hi, Robert. How are you? Tim Traver, good friend of the show. Hi, Tim. Hope you're doing well. Also got... We we've also got let's see what else we got we got AK Germany ninety six we got Kelly Tonjas who's with us huh hello to both of you Mark Forbes Mark Forbes is here as well Anakin JMT here as well see I don't know just great people hanging out hello to you all and thank you for taking time out of your wonderful Thursday night to come in and jump in here so we can talk. We can talk the graps. DGMC's here too. Look at this. We just have to do it. We just sit around here and we have a good time chatting it up. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And if you're like, if you're here right now, why don't you give the video a like? Thumbs up here on uh on YouTube. And if you're watching this on demand later on, that's also really cool if you can do that too. And oh hi Heather, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, because you know. Have you heard by now that the Mr. Warren Hayes show is also available on your favorite podcast applications like, you know, Apple Podcasts, like Stitcher, like Spotify, you know, drop a review, a five-star review. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for someone to do it because I think it'd be really funny. Someone leaves a five-star review, but says something like, you know, five-star review, Mr. Warren Hayes looks like, you know, uh, his breath smells or, you know, like, but a five-star review, but with a, a weird disparaging comment. I'm still waiting for one of those. <laughs> anyway, if, if you can show some, some, 
some love there. That'd be fantastic. No, I am not available on Napster. For those of you asking, when I say those, I mean one person. Uh, and uh, uh, but if you want to share it around, go right ahead, right? Uh, what else? Oh, and uh, yeah, so the, 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 that's the ticket. Show some love, show some support. That's always appreciated. You can also show some love and support to belltobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. That is your women's wrestling. Why are you like women's wrestling? I know I do. Well, there's a website out there that can give you you know the the stuff that you crave. You know, the, so, so, some some wrestling, some sources of wrestling uh, uh, news and happenings and discussions. Look, this past weekend we did a full weekend of of uh, celebrating women's wrestling. Right with uh, uh, from Saturday to Sunday, we even had a live stream on Sunday. Listen, we've got all sorts of stuff over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bell to bells. I've got interviews with tons of people. Mercedes Martinez, which, by the way, by the way, my interview with Mercedes Martinez, over 50 minutes, over 50 minutes of, uh, of wonderful talks with, um, uh, with uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez, who doesn't give interviews very often. She's ve- and I, I felt very privileged that uh, that she accepted to 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 chat with me to chat with me and chat a long time. But listen to the interviews that we got here. We got Mercedes Martinez, and she talks about retribution. She tells why why she left the group. She talks about you know the question that everyone asks, right? The the thing that's on everyone's mind when they think about Mercedes' career is like, why didn't AEW sign you? Right after uh, after all out, well, we talk about that. She gives us the answer. There's whole all sorts of great stuff there. I talked to Diana Perazzo. This was before she dropped. Unfortunately, lost the title to Mickey James. But then again, we also spoke with Mickey James. And when I say I we, I mean Ella J, our contributor, good friend of the show as well. We love ourselves some Ella. She talked to Mickey James as well. We talked to Trisha Dora. We talked to Ty uh, 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 Ty Conti fantastic stuff so privileged to be able to have a chance to chat with her privileged to talk to the nwa world women's champion camille and, and the nwa world women's tag team champions Austin k marty bell the hex even talk to yuka sakazaki in a english japanese interview which was amazing also talked to amy rose Talk to uh, Angelina Love as well. Talk to Riley Shepard, where we geeked out about LARPing. Barely talked about wrestling. That was a lot of fun. Look, we had a huge week. And then on top of that, we had our, our live stream where we had the Church of Joshi pop in uh, in a roundtable discussion with Aki and May Saruga from Choco, Choco? Choco Pro. Not Choco. Choco Pro. Uh, and, uh, that was just, that was a wonderful, wonderful moment that just a beautiful conversation. And, uh, uh, Kyla and uh, Kayla and Alex, why did I call her Kayla? Kyla? I, I call her Kyla, but it's Kayla. Kayla and Alex of Church of Josie were just so thrilled, uh, to be there. So were, uh, so were Aki and May. And, uh, and, and it was just a magical conversation. I was just like sitting back and letting, like, all right, this is great. It was the easiest gig I've ever done. Come, go check it out. Belltobells.com did a lot of great stuff there this weekend. 
So there's a lot, there's a lot, and there's still a lot. Oh, and uh, Rosemary, right, from Impact Wrestling, reads us a bedtime story. It's great. No, I mean, uh, we're, I'm very proud of the weekend that we did. I'm very proud of the work that was put in. Very proud of the work. Our editor-in-chief, co-founder of Bell to Bell, and, and, and you know, uh, 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 editor-in-chief of my heart, Kristen Ashley, all the work that she put in to put everything together, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, just some great stuff. And I was, I'm over the, over the moon happy. So Bell to Bell's uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bell to Bell's, you'll find everything there. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, join the Discord. The link is in the description. You know by now, I want all of you to come join the Discord. Come chat wrestling with us. Please, God damn it. We have a nice community. I don't know why I'm getting mad. But there's a nice community there. We've got some good folks. A lot of people who I hang out in the live chat here also hang out there. So if you hang out in the live chat, you already know most of the people there. You can also, and you can show some support by, uh, for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show YouTube channel as well by becoming a member. And if you become a member of the channel, then you can join us after we're done on the mainstream for the post stream, which I do for members only. Then we sit around and we talk some more wrestling on a topic, you know. And this week's topic is going to, uh, and this week's topic is going to be on Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm going to chat about Ring of Honor in a few minutes. Uh, but, but um, you know, a lot of unfortunate news coming out of Ring of Honor. And I think, you know, we should sit around and just talk about what we'd like our preferred talent. You know, the talent that we like. Ring of Honor or whatever talent where we'd like them to end up. What 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 kind of future we'd have uh, in store for them? So that's really cool. We should come sit around it and 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 chit chat, and that's that's amazing. That's really cool. Uh, and uh, and you can also leave us a super chat where I will read your question or comment on the air. And here, Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. Which is at, which also ties into membership here as well. And uh, he says, if you need another reason to become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayshaw channel, he will show off his costume, his Halloween costume, in the YouTube members Discord channel tonight. So if you want to see Anakin's costume, and I'm crossing my fingers that it, it, there's no nudity involved, because otherwise I'll get kicked off of the internet. <laughs> Look, members only, but not like that, right, Anakin? It's not, not, it's not that kind of members only content that we're promoting on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show uh, membership stuff. <laughs> Come and join us. It'll be a, uh, thank you, Anakin, very much for the super chat, and do become a member. It's it's a lot of fun. We take we all chat in the Discord. We take live calls. Uh, we, it's, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love how he's like, I have no nudity. I promise. Oh, Anakin, you're, you're such a cool guy. I love you so much. Um, what are we doing? Oh, before we get on to the re weekly wrestling inspection, just a quick thing. Um, cause I, I do want to take a minute here to, uh, wish nothing but the best and nothing but the best to Kylie Ray, who's stepping away from wrestling to focus on her mental health. Um, this is the second. Uh, this is the second time that uh, Kylie steps away from wrestling, you know. And she had left the first time, and you know, very 
unusual circumstances and the, you all remember this bullshit, right? You remember the conspiracy bullshit that was going around when Kylie left. It was all very secretive. This time, she put out a full st statement saying that due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, she won't be able to honor her engagements that she had. Uh, Freelance Underground, NWA, uh, AAW. Um, and uh, she was very candid about the reasons why. She said, I tried holding holding this in and, um, uh, and working through the pain, doing my best to fulfill commitments, but it's become too much and needed help. I have been having a diff, uh, a difficult time, a, a, a different time, differentiating what's real and what's fake, especially in these types of environments. Regretfully, I tried masking the pain through marijuana and alcohol. I've tried to be as open as I can with you all about my mental health struggles, but I will. But I was not being honest with the unhealthy coping mechanisms I adopted. For that, I am deeply sorry. Graciously, with the help of loved ones, I have been working towards my sobriety again. And we can only hope the we can only wish for the best for Kylie Ray. I think wrestling is a better place with her. Um, but I also deeply understand why she may uh, need some time to step away and work on herself. Uh, not an easy path she's on. So uh, uh, if you are the type of person who uh, who carries any type of faith, send her out a prayer. For the rest of us, let's just send her some good vibes. And uh, we hope that you come back to us at some point, Kylie, um, at, at in peak form, in in the in the manner that you deserve uh, to be happy, content, and uh, continuing to entertain us all. So, best of all, the best to uh, to Kylie Ray. Now, let's move into the weekly wrestling inspection. <laughs> to say hello to a couple of people who have popped in the in the chat here uh as i was chit-chatting here we've got ourselves ray who's here ray as in ray of sunshine maybe nice to see you supersonic x nice to see you too jason ps3 nice to see everyone here and william davis is here as well good to see everyone <clears throat> Apologize for that little frog in my throat. So, uh, as I sometimes do, uh, oftentimes do, at least it's a semi-regular thing. I I, I poll uh, the live audience here to uh, to see what uh, what topic I should start the show off with. And tonight, uh, the audience has picked for me to start speaking on a Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor, a little, a lot. Hugely out of nowhere. Yesterday. Batmobile, you're here. Nice to see you. It's been a while. Welcome back to the chat. Um. Okay. A little out of nowhere, Ring of Honor posts a statement on their Twitter feed. And I will read this statement uh, verbatim. Throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. 
The year will culminate with a final battle in December and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has the most dedicated fans in the industry and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize Ring of Honor. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Supercard of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide uh, a unique experience for wrestling fans. This came, I, I would say, completely out of left field for tons of people. Uh, not not a lot uh, not a lot of people uh, saw this one coming i don't think anyone really saw this coming uh and uh for, like i've never heard any instance of ring of honor even potentially shutting down and things were looking up right because as they said in the statement only uh, as they said in the statement over the past year they kept everyone under contract while you know and and were being praised for it because you had another billion dollar company who was releasing people and sending them off into the pandemic in a in an environment like with a uh, with a skill set that could not be applied in the pandemic, as everyone was shutting was shutting down shows, started putting wrestlers out there. What are they going to do? Ring of Honor held on to everyone, and things were on the up and up. I was particularly excited in regards to the revitalization of their women's division. wasn't the first time that they were putting trying to 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 re, to, to reinvigorate it, but it it kind of felt like this time. It was the real deal that we were about to, it was about to happen. We had the tournament for the uh, the, the Ring of Honor uh, Women's uh, Championship. We had, uh, 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 you know, they had their own YouTube show, you know, uh, the Women's Wrestling Wednesdays, which was fantastic. And they had uh, signed, uh, well, of course, Roxy was signed and became Ring of Honor Women's Champion, and they signed Trisha Dore, and they had access to talent like uh, like Holiday and and Trisha Dore. So it was very, it was an extremely exciting moment. This sort of just like cut the grass under everyone. So after that, of course, everyone gets to work. Hey, by the way, Sean Taggart, I, uh, nice to see you. I forgot to say hello to you, Sean. Welcome to the chat. Um, so everyone gets to work. All, all our reporter people start reaching out to people in Ring of Honor to try and see, you know, what, okay, what are, we, what are we doing? What's the thing? What are we talking about here? So it turns out these are the details we know. Ring of Honor is on a live event hiatus right now. And the contract and, and the, the, the talent will not, uh, the, the contracts for talent will not be renewed at the end of the year, except for the talent who, uh, who, were, um, uh, who were still under contract into 2022. They will continue to be paid until March 31st. Joe Koff, Ring of Honor, CEO, I think is his title, if I remember correctly, still told the talent that he had multiple meetings uh, to, uh, to fight 
for Ring of Honor. Um, but ultimately, this was a decision by Sinclair. They made the call. Talent were told that there was that there would be some type of TV show that would be in place after Final Battle, but not told what it is. This is what we're expecting, what we're anticipating to be this April supercard, right? Uh, they still have tapings in Baltimore uh, happening this weekend. They have a supercard of honor, right? Of course. Um, uh, well, a final battle, I mean. And then they have the venue for WrestleMania weekend in Dallas that, that's already booked. And in the meantime, the company is reportedly open to work with talent who are currently under contract to help them find new bookings. And, you know, I, I, and then like a, a little bit from out of nowhere, you know, then you like immediately you see like Bandito, who is the current Ring of Honor world champion. Uh, he's, he got booked for like two or three game changer dates, right? So it's like, like straight out the gate. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that happening over the next few days. And now uh, today, as I'm look, as I'm sort of chatting with this, uh, about this with Kristen, as we're talking, talking about how, Heartbreaking Maria Kanellis's Twitter post was uh, in regards to all the you know everything that she had worked on uh, for the uh, for the women's division and now sort of like just fallen fallen to pieces. Um, as we were talking, as Chris and I were talking about that, and it pops up, I was like, the tape library is for sale, and apparently they're looking aggressively for a buyer, whoever. Whoever, you know, they'll, they'll sell to the highest bidder, basically. And to be clear, this is the tape library owned by Sinclair, which is 2012, I guess, moving on. Feel free to correct me, any Ring of Honor uh, mega fans in, in, the, uh, in the chat right now, but I'm pretty sure it's like from 2012 moving on. So it's not like, you know, the 2004 stuff, you know, the original... You know, the Daniel Bryan and low-key stuff and the, you know, the 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 bubbling beginnings of CM Punk and that that's not the uh that's not the tape library that uh, that we're talking about here. So this is the situation we're in right now. And look, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Because there's, um, oh, it's everything. Sinclair owns everything. I thought I thought it was only the 2000. I thought it was, uh, Sean in the chat is correcting me here. I thought that it was only that that Sinclair only owned 2012 moving forward, or is it 2012, or is it the Sinclair era that's for sale and that the you know the rest? Because let's be let's be honest with each other. Hey, Plugo, welcome to the chat, man. If everyone, if we're being honest with each other right now, and and I hope you guys are honest with me. I I, I you know I, I like to think I'm honest with you guys. If we're being honest with each other here, I, I'm not sure. Like digging up old 2004, 2005 Ring of Honor. Putting that out there, you know, accessible for everyone to see, even though it's already out there and you can find it. But, you know, there's a difference between going out and looking for sh for st stuff on YouTube and Daily Motion and, and running after DVDs than having, like, a, an actual streaming service that you can watch stuff all the time. Like, 
I'm not sure there's there's look there's definitely some stuff from the early 2000s in Ring of Honor that a lot of wrestlers today don't, wouldn't exactly want to be circulating around all that much because there was hey there was a a lot of homophobic stuff being shared up amongst wrestlers in promos back then you know and you know, there's probably some stuff that uh, a lot of talent be like, you know what, it's, it's best that my 2005 to 2006 shit stays away from, you know, the general public. You know, everything is, it all, it's always a question of content, right? Um, but, um, yeah, you know, so uh, I'm just throwing that out there. But Sean says no. When they made the purchase, Carrie gave them everything. See, I, I thought Carrie had hang had hung on to the early stuff because he understood the value of it. All right, that's what. Okay, well, I stand corrected. So it's the entire library. It's not just from 2012. Moving on. Okay. Sean is a big Ring of Honor guy, and I appreciate him being here. He's also a member of the Mister Warren Hayes Discord, which you should join. Link is in the description. Um, but look, coming back to the subject matter, it sucks. It sucks because we have, um, because we have wrestlers who had contracts, who were making money doing uh, something that they loved. that will all be out of work uh, by the time, um, by the end of the year. And some of them a little later on, but most of them will be out of work, uh, uh at the new year. And that, that stinks, man. Now, thankfully, there's a lot of people who will be able to find work and that's already exciting and you know we've already seen like bandito right but bandito i think that was that was easily a a a a, a, a given but there's going to be more and more people who are going to find work before the end of the year like thankfully you know they're they're not being like released uh you know on december 1st and that they have one month left on their contract they're still going to be they're still going to be taken care of. They're still going to be paid till the end of the year, bare minimum. Um, I, I heard, um, I had put out a tweet. A lot of people reached out to me, people, you know, colleagues and uh, a couple of wrestlers and who, because I had tweeted out, seeing the reaction from a lot of the Ring of Honor talent, I was wondering, I was like, what, did, did the talent find out about it? Like, at the same time as we all did on Twitter, because I kind of thought that was that that'd be that that'd be pretty sucky. But it turns out that uh, that there were meetings that a lot of talent were contacted. Apparently, there's a few wrestlers who were not aware, but we're talking the exceptions to the rule here. Most most of the Ring of Honor talent knew about it, and that's well, that's that's comforting and. You know, I it's a pro move, of course. Um, but um, look, here's the thing. Now, here's what happens, right? Is that now the 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 market is even more saturated with talent than it was previously. Um, there's already like this is a discussion that we had not that long ago. In regards to NXT, WWE releasing tons and just cutting people week after week and a lot of indie talent that they had just picked up. 
and all these people going back onto uh, onto the uh, onto the circuit, and then you end up with a certain level of saturation. You end up with a like even on the indies, despite that the indies are in North America are running wild, strong shows. There's there's shows all over the weekend, every weekend, all the time, even starting on Thursdays, you know, because, you know, my main competition on Thursday nights is uh, is Beyond Wrestling, who have their Unchained series. You know, I, I'll i remember this, Beyond. You know, don't worry. I know you guys want to counter-program the, the juggernaut, the media juggernaut that is the, uh, the, the Mr. Warren Hayes show. I know that. But uh, I'm still glad that you guys are operating at full capacity. And... Now we're getting a whole influx of people again. Now there are there already were a lot of Ring of Honor talent that were working independent dates. But uh but that was this was before the talent that was working independent dates sort of lost their their consistent paycheck. You know, sort of like you know, sort of like Oh, well, now I'm losing my paychecks and a lot of them will probably want to make up for it uh, back on the indie making on the indies working more dates. There's talent that we're, we're going to be we know are going to be OK. Like I would be shocked, Sh- shocked, I tell you, absolutely shocked to the gills if uh, if there isn't any kind of bidding war for Jonathan Gresham right now. Like that's how shocked I would be. Shocked to my gills. When I whereas I am not, you know, whereas I'm not even an amph- uh, not an amphibian. Well, amphibians. Do amphibians have gills? No, they don't really have gills. A fish. A fish. A seafarer as a, a sea living creature. Um like I'm <sighs> This kind of stuff just boggles my mind, you know. It's like, it, it, or it would boggle my mind if if Jonathan Gresham wasn't picked up, right? So, you know, of course you sort of look at that and it's like, look, there's so much talent that's going to get get back out there, uh, and you know, you're not going to be able. When I say you, I mean AEW is not going to be able to hire everyone. Not going to be able to buy everyone out, bring everyone into the company. That doesn't make sense. AEW is at a saturation point itself, if you, you know, in your boy's honest opinion. The thing here is that, uh, you know, we're, what are we looking at right now? Because we're talking about hiatuses. We're not talking about Ring of Honor, like shutting everything down and then tossing, you know, canceling everything and throwing it into the trash. Right up until I start, I started hearing about the, the, the tape sale. I was like, "Look, Ring of Honor is gonna come back in a sh- in some shape or form," and I, you know, felt f- pretty confident about that. My first thought was, "A the Ring of Honor's is clearing house. This is pro- like this is again. It's a it's a Sinclair mandate, right? So they're just not renewing all the contracts." They're just going to let them expire and then they're going to start fresh. And my thought was they come back, new formula maybe, I don't know, but they rehire some people. Maybe, you know, smaller contracts, who knows, but I think the key here is that less people. I think they 
hire, I don't think they hire as many people. That was my first thought. Then I hear about the tape library being sold. And like my pal Jeff Hawkins said on on Twitter, uh, you don't do a fire sale if the company's supposed to come back. You know, you don't do an everything must go sale for your boutique if you if you're planning on on staying open for the next year that that doesn't work like that so that's actually alarming it should be an indication that whatever Sinclair decides to do in regards to Ring of Honor or the wrestling product that they're going to create whatever you want to call it uh, it's going to be a departure. It's going to be something else. It might not even be called Ring of Honor. And they're hinting at the fact that they are going to pivot, that they're going to rethink of something. You know, that, that they're going to think of something else, another approach. Um, I, I personally don't think that, okay, well, here. One, of course, you know, the discourse is ridiculous, right? In some squares of, you know, the wrestling community where the usual people, I'm not going to even say, like, not even the usual people are out there saying AEW killed Ring of Honor, right? That's the thing. It's like a Ring of Honor was done in by AEW, scooping up the, all the talent and so blah, blah, blah. And you're like, bro. Koff himself, Joe Koff, first and foremost, said in an interview that I read today that uh, he had, here, let me pull up the quote here real quick. Yes, yeah, uh, not quite, not quite prepared, apparently. <laughs> um, the exact quote was that uh, there was a, well, not the exact, the exact quote, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he says that uh, he he said in the interview uh, uh, that um, during 2018, he feels like they may have operated a little too cautiously with Ring of Honor because he feels that that led them to missing a big opportunity in 2018 that led to the foundation of All Elite Wrestling. What do you think that big opportunity was, right? What do you think that big opportunity was? Not, not sharing the company with the Bucks and Kenny, maybe? Maybe not creating some EVPs there to sort of bolster AEW and make it into something big? Yeah, especially after the rampaging success that All In was? How does that even make... Yeah, you're damn right you operated too cautiously. Because then what did the boys do? Cody, the Bucks, Omega, they're like, all right, we're going to take our money elsewhere. We're going to find we're gonna find someone who's going to fund this. Because they had the proof of concept. Because let's not forget, this is the wild thing. Is that All In, All In was produced in association with Ring of Honor, who helped them out with, with production and the ring, if I'm not mistaken, was a Ring of Honor ring. Like, it wasn't just, you know, Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks 
stringing things together. They got the expertise from their partner, their home promotion in North America. Uh, They got them to finance the show, help them out. Like the proof of concept was there. I don't. So probably Koff is was sitting around kicking himself. So if anything, it's not it's not a question of AEW having killed Ring of Honor, which is preposterous. It's Ring of Honor set in motion its own demise at that at that point. And here's something else that you can consider. You know who I feel was in competition with Ring of Honor for years? A little promotion called World Wrestling Entertainment via a show called NXT when they decided to start poaching Ring of Honor talent. Kevin Steen, El Generico, uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. Like, they saw what was going on in Ring of Honor. They wanted Ring of Honor was the indie super show. Well, what did Triple H want to create? He wanted to have his own indie super show and undermine Ring of Honor's capacity to truly become a number two promotion in North America. We're talking straight with each other, folks, right? At this point, I think it all makes sense. And for the thing, for for the the um, the the uh, uh, assessment. That AEW was scooping up all the talent so that NX, so that Ring of Honor wasn't able to sign anyone. Maybe to an extent, but it's not as if the independent circuit is completely devoid of interesting prospects of amazing talent out there. Because you had enough between Ring of Honor, NWA, MLW to all keep all this shit alive. And even GCW in the meantime. It's a preposterous assessment to, to be sitting here and, 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 and trying to debunk people saying that it's AEW's fault. It's not. Ring of Honor had been, has been under pressure since the mid-2010s to try and come up with a viable alternative with, with talent that they could, that they could pay and, and, and hang on to. And then... They have the golden goose in their hand. They have the all out, the all in thing. They had, they literally had in the palm of their hand, all elite wrestling. Now, this will probably turn in, and I think we were talking about that in the Discord. It'll probably turn into one of the greatest what ifs in the history of wrestling. What if Joe Coff had removed his fingers from his nose and realized the opportunity that he had with all in, with the the the, the bullet club guys and said, nah, I'm going to take a chance on this. Would we would Ring of Honor have been the all elite wrestling today? I w- look, educated guess probably not because that that Jacksonville Jaguars money is what is contributing to the 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 the, the production and the high level of production and high risk high level moves that uh AEW is capable of doing, all right? That's that's super important. So I'm not sure it'd be that much of a done deal. Now, why was I talking about AEW and all of that? Yeah, so, you know, the talent, There's even though some people will assess that AEW was scooping up all the talent, and I'm not disagreeing that 
that it probably hurt them. You know, they picked up Daniel Garcia and they picked up uh, uh, Lee Moriarty. And so I'm not saying that that didn't hurt. But I think in this situation here, I think Ring of Honor state takes a step back or Sinclair, whatever you're going to call them moving forward at this point, they're going to take a step back and they're look, going to look at the landscape. And we have to change the way we do business. We have to change how we're going to do things moving forward here. And my completely uneducated guess, like if I were to, if I, you know, with the information that I know, the bits and bobs that have been collected on the internet from, you know, the Fightfuls and the Observers and so on and so forth and and the PWI, PW Insiders. I think that Ring of Honor becomes a GCW style top level indie. I think that there was maybe a time Sinclair wanted Ring of Honor to be this legitimate number two to WWE. I think that's what... Maybe that's what they wanted. Could they have done it? Is a whole other situation, but I think that's what they wanted. And then they're turning around and they're looking at friggin' Game Changer Wrestling. It's going around the country more and more that is selling out shows, selling merch like crazy, creating this rabid fan base that sells out the shows, uh, developing uh, uh, territories for themselves, right? With the with the uh, in Jersey and in LA, like specific game changer, um, ga- game changer uh, um, uh, territories to feed the main pro- the 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 main promotion, and they don't they're not they don't have people on huge contracts. They probably have a couple, you know. I'd say Nick Gage is probably an easy an easy guess, but other than that. Everyone wrestles everywhere. Effie does all sorts of promotions. Cardona does all sorts of promotions. Alley Catch. You know, the faces that you usually associate with Game Changer Wrestling, they're they're all over the place. And then they bring in people from all over the place as well to create this buzz. If I'm Ring of Honor, this or Sinclair, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this model. I'm like, why are we spending X million dollars a year annually on salaries to hang on to these people to hang on to wrestlers you know contractually when you've got these guys here who barely have anyone signed to their name if any i i can't i can't speak on it and they're tearing the place up and they're the talk of the town gcw puts on shows that garner more buzz than the venerable Ring of Honor. I'm thinking maybe this is where we're going to. And I saw people saying, it, well, they're probably setting up for a sale, Warren. Sell what? The minute you dump your contracts, the minute you dump your talent contracts, what are you selling? A ring? Uh, a ring bell? Some belts? Some tarp? You know, some turnbuckle pads that you're going to have to rebrand anyways because they have the Ring of Honor logo on them or whatever. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like you're you're all if you sell off the if you 
If your company no longer has talent, then you're just selling stuff. And this stuff, there's like there's nothing proprietary, there's nothing unique. It's not as if you're, you know, you're buying a piece of software and you're buying the source code to this very, you know, this amazing piece of software that you'd have to spend decades reverse engineering to try and even try to copy what they're doing. This is it's not the same thing. So there's no sale. They're not setting themselves up for a sale. And even if they're like, well, we're going to sell the tapes. You can you can sell the tapes without getting rid of the talent. I'm I'm fully expecting at this point, from what we know, of course, fully expecting Ring of Honor to come back as something else might not even be called Ring of Honor. I think we might just try something different. Because Ring of Honor has very deep, very rich legacy. Like I've talked about in the past on this podcast in regards to Ring of Honor. There's a very fair chance. If, you, if, you are, if you're watching wrestling today, there is a very fair chance that one of your favorite top wrestlers in the business wrestled in Ring of Honor. There's a, you know, if not your favorite, a wrestler you really like. At the very least, a top guy somewhere has been a Ring of Honor stalwart. And it's a shame if it if it goes away like on a bit of a whimper like this, it's a shame. And you know what? It's not AEW that did it in. It's not the lack of talent that did it in. It's COVID that did it in. It's Ring of Honor sitting around saying we're going to try to do the best thing possible while other companies are dumping their talent. We're going to try and hang on to ours because they're important and it put them in a very problematic situation because they didn't come back fast enough doing uh, uh, shows in front of live crowds, in front of audiences to try and make make some gate money. And it's just it just caught up to them. If Ring of Honor might end up being, and we'll see, we'll give it a few months, we'll see what happens in April 2022, but Ring of Honor might end up being the true-to-form first big casualty of COVID-19 for the wrestling business. We'll see what happens. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you. Very much, Anakin. I appreciate it. He says, remember the Elite wanted dual Ring of Honor and New Japan World, uh, New Japan World, New Japan Pro Wrestling contracts. I mean, if they wanted New Japan World, I think that was easy to negotiate. I don't think, you know, can you imagine? It's like, you know, you're sitting with with Joe Coff and he's like, "Uh, Kenny, look, uh, Ring of Honor contracts, sure, but we can't include a subscription to New Japan World. I'm just sorry. We just can't do it. We just can't do it. And Kenny's like, fuck you, Joe Coff. Um, yeah, was that ever really confirmed? I had heard, like, I really think at at the point, I think the, the Ring of Honor New Japan contracts might have been a story, you know? Because if we're listening to what Joe Coff is telling us today, he sort of tell, he sort of, 
veering a little bit from that and saying, look, I had a sh- I had a big opportunity in 2018 and, and I dropped the ball. Maybe that big opportunity was, I you know, n- the elite saying, we'll stay to work for you, Joe, if we can work New Japan as well. Because let's not forget, because here's another prevailing story. This is one of the things that I never really, that, that always kept me from going full in on the 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 uh the rumor the report that the elite left ring of honor because they they couldn't get the dual contracts let's not forget that uh Kenny Omega and the Bucks they all left new japan under somewhat questionable circumstances not sure their departure was all that great um because there was some bad blood then. There was some bad blood. So why would they ask for New Japan and Ring of Honor dual contracts if they're already leaving New Japan? And they're like, no, 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 listen, this is not working. I don't know. It there's 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 a bigger picture to this story here that I don't think we're seeing. But hey. I appreciate the super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. And Tim Traver left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much, Tim. Says, uh, Warren, my buddy, happy Thursday night to you. My week is better now. Appreciate it, man. Happy Thursday to you, too. Good. You're, I'm glad, I'm glad your week is going a little better right now. So, Eric Bischoff, <laughs> Eric Bischoff this week caused some controversy. And then I, and as I, as those words pour out of my mouth, I'm sort of, I look over at my, at my calendar here and I'm like, am I, am I in, did I just time warp to 1997? <laughs> As I say, Eric Bischoff created some controversy this week. Um, could you imagine being in 1997 and having the streaming technology and everything that we have access to to create media like we do? That would have been wild, man. Anyway, Eric Bischoff, he hits the internet like last week and he's like, I got some big truths to drop on Tony Khan. Remember I mentioned this on the podcast last week and I was and I was sort of slapping my knees already, slapping my thighs. Like, what is this? What is he talking about? What's and, and then he starts saying, I've got some I got some big truths. I got some big truths to drop on Tony Khan. The truth is gonna hurt. I'm like, what? And rem- I hope you guys remember what I said. If you were listening, of course. I can't fault you if you weren't listening. And there, you know, and there's no, there's no, there's no final exam here. So if you weren't listening, I can't, you know, I can't check. But he said there was like some big truth to tr- to drop on TK on his podcast this week, 83 weeks, of which I am an avid, avid listener to. I really like 83 weeks. I really like, um, I, I really like Eric Bischoff's retelling uh, of uh, of the uh, of the era of the '90s when he was in charge of WCW, and you know his retelling and his recounting, which you know sometimes uh, you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little fishy, you know. Sting didn't have a tan, for instance. Real ones will know. So I, I I'm I'm sort of giddy and I'm like okay let's do this let's bring it on boys let's let let's 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 Conrad uh, Eric pop pop this 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 podcast in for me so I'm listening to it on on Monday 
or uh, was it Monday? Look, no, I, well, okay, it came out on Monday, but I think I was, look, it doesn't matter when I was listening to it, because I'm getting on to a thing where I'm about to explain to you my entire schedule that I had Monday and Tuesday to tell you when I listened to 83 Weeks, when ultimately it doesn't matter to the point of this little news bit. But early this week, I, I, I listened to 83 Weeks, and I'm excited. I'm like, does he, what kind of dirt does he have on Tony Khan that he's going to drop? Did he find some of Tony Khan's old message board posts? From the Observer Messenger board, board board posts. Or maybe Tony Khan was hanging out in a prodigy chat with Bob Ryder at some point. And he said something salacious to old Bob. No, nothing like that. It wasn't anything like that, actually. He starts to say... He, he starts talking... Do you want to know what it was? I don't know if you guys listened to it. But it turns out that Eric Bischoff's big truth that he had to drop on Tony Khan was ratings discourse. He says, uh, Tony Khan is wrong to suggest, and I'm going to quote here, to suggest that as he's been going on for quite some time, that based on a percentage of a demo to a show... That's on a completely different night against completely different competition. That somehow that correlates to AEW being more popular or a better product. He says, I have an issue with that. He has an issue with a wrestling promoter doing wrestling promoter things. As if Eric Bischoff has never done that in his life. So he's sitting there and essentially saying, you know, the problem with TK is that he's manipulating, and that's the word he used so that he could get the headlines, he's manipulating data to make it seem like they're in a competition when they're not. Now, I can appreciate Eric Bischoff's argument here where he says, you know, essentially, whoever you're competing on competing against on a Monday night is not the same that on a Wednesday night. And I can agree to that to an extent. I can agree to that to an extent. Because if you are a comedy airing on a cable network across the United States, let's say, a sitcom. Do they still have sitcoms? I don't know. I'm waiting for the Cowboy Bebop live action thing to start. So I, I don't pay, I don't pay attention to media outside of pro wrestling and cowboy bebop these days. Let's say you have a sitcom on a cable show and it's airing on a, on a Tuesday night and, and your, your other sitcom and there's another sitcom that's airing on a Friday night. Of course, the ratings aren't going to be the same. It's not the, but are you competing with them? Yes, you are. It's not head to head competition. But you're still, you're still um, competing for that same mind share, that's, that level of interest. If anything, you want to drain people from that one night to come and watch you on the other night. Like, I, I get what Bischoff means, but he himself, in his good intentions here, is a little askew. And look, it's ratings discourse. You guys know how much I like sitting around talking talking ratings. Y'all know how... how uh, 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 
if you hang around, you know, Twitter and 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 the, the internet community of, of of professional wrestling fans, you know how uh, completely civil and level-headed ratings discourse is. You know, people debate very, very calmly, level-headed, uh, with logic. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. So, of course, I hate ratings discourse. In case you're new here. I don't care to, to talk about it because I think, first of all, it's better off to, li to leave it to the experts. And while I'm talking experts, I'm talking Brandon Thurston over at Th uh, WrestleNomics. I was going to say Thugonomics. Shout out to the Thug, to the thug Brandon Thugston. <laughs> Follow Brandon now. Brandon Thurston on Twitter or WrestleNomics. Those are the, uh, Brandon's the only analysis you should be listening to, quite frankly. He's been doing this for years. So he knows what he's talking about. Anyone else is either reading off what Brandon's uh, coming up with or they're wrong. <laughs> so the so the thing so I'm like so I'm disappointed listening to Eric Bischoff because then I'm like uh, so it's ratings discourse. This sucks. This 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 is bad. But no, he continues. He continues to say, and he says, this is, he says, he keeps talking. He says, this is the thing that got me. Because he was listening to an interview that that Tony Khan, he was listening to it live. And he said that he hadn't listened to it previously, right? This To get his spontaneous impressions. I'm like, fuck off, Eric. We know you listened to it before. What do you, you think? You can only, car, you, know, you can, you can only, you, you can only work, you can only work the mark so far before they start catching, before they, 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 they start understanding the grift here, Eric. Um, so, so he's, so he's, so they're listening to Tony Khan giving an interview. I think it was on busted open and Tony Khan says this, and this is the thing that got Eric Bischoff. Eric, he says, or he tweets out, look, fuck, it doesn't matter. But TK is quoted as saying, if Ted Turner from WCW right back in the day, if Ted Turner knew 1% about what I know about what I do, about professional wrestling, WCW would still be in business. And this is what Eric Bischoff got, Bischoff got heated at. This is what grinded his gears. This is what he, this is what he went off on. He took, or as he said, took umbrage to. And he started questioning, well, what do, what does what does Tony Khan know about Ted Turner? You know, how does he know what Ted Turner knew about wrestling or not? You know, if he blah blah blah. And if I were to call Ted Turner's son, you know, and I were to ask him, you know, that'd be ridiculous. You know, the, and this is what got Eric Bischoff heated. TK taking a shot at Ted Turner, who isn't even remotely involved with wrestling anymore, doing this thing. Tony Khan doing the wrestling promoter shit, doing the act, calling people out, saying I'm better than the guys back then. This is what got a, this is what got Eric Bischoff. And then it became weird because then it turned into Eric Bischoff defending Ted Turner in 2021 on a podcast. And I was like, what, what did I just fall into some kind of weird well of mixed up timelines? Why would Eric Bishop get mad at that at this stage? And then Eric starts going, well, 
uh, you know, if he had read Guy Evans' book, you know, which uh, he should pick up a copy and read, he'd know about it. And I'm like, what is going on? There was nothing, nothing that Bischoff brought up in this, like, this 45-minute tirade, not just the Ted Turner thing, but with the ratings, everything that I was like, where's this big truth bomb? So even I listened to the very end, which I always do. I listened to the very end, you know, going like, well, maybe he's got, maybe he's got like, you know, he wants to do a big, you know, main event surprise here. Maybe he's, he's got something up his sleeve and he's going to pull it out at the end. But no, eventually stop talking about ratings. Stop talking about Ted. Stop sticking up for Ted Turner, becoming some kind of surrogate for Ted Turner. <laughs> so weird it's the why would eric bischoff you know be out there sticking up for ted turner when tony khan is doing the most the most wrestling promoter thing it's wild to me so there was nothing ultimately there was nothing nothing that eric bischoff had up his sleeve I was like, this is going to be the end of uh, of Tony Khan. Like this, he was painting it out to be this huge news. It was just opinion, and it was. A, and look, this is the brilliant part, though. This is this is the thing where Eric Bischoff he's paying he's playing 4D chess here. But he's like, well, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call TK out. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. I got a truth bomb. Eric Bischoff sitting in his bedroom saying, hey, you know what? All this ratings talk that uh, that Tony Khan is doing, I can use this to attract attention to my podcast and God bless him for it. And not only that, look, I'm. it made the news, it made headlines. I'm even talking about it tonight on a segment. I'm like, and I'm, you know, God bless you, Eric Bischoff. Controversy creates cash, you're goddamn right. You're still doing it 20 some years later. 30 some years later, you're still you're still at the top of it. God bless you. You 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 done good. <laughs> I know he'll never listen to this, but yeah, sometimes I like to think that I that I have that I can talk like so candidly to Eric Bischoff, you know. You you, you done good, kid. <laughs> Want to go fight Vince now? Want to say hello to Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Hello, darling. Shout out to Kristen again, who did some fantastic work, as I said at the start of the show. Fantastic work for the Bell to Bell's Women's 150 celebration this weekend. Now she's catching up with the rest of her busy life and God bless you too. And God bless everyone who leaves a like on this video. <laughs> or a review if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, all that stuff. What should we talk about next? No, I did not challenge Eric Bischoff to a shoot fight. Don't know. No. Is it time to talk about Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch? Is this is where we're at? Is this the? Is this is where the? Is this is where we're at in the show? No, please, please don't tell Eric Bischoff I'm challenging him to a shoot fight because it's a lie. 
I'm not. I never did. So yeah, so is this is this the part of the show where we do it, where we talk about um, Charlotte and Becky? Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, unless you're living under a cave, in the, or no, you look, you know what? No, that's a very that's very disrespectful on my part, because I, I I shouldn't assume that everyone who is listening to the Mr. Warren Hayes show is privy to the, all the quality discussions that happen. Out on uh, on Twitter and in the wrestling, uh, yes, I did sing to you, darling. Uh, that the um, uh, I, I shouldn't assume that everyone is aware, right? So I should I shouldn't I should not sit here and be like, hey, you've been living under a rock if you haven't heard that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair don't get along anymore, right? Because maybe you don't know this. Maybe 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 I'm like your sole source of analysis in the world of wrestling and uh, and to you I say on one hand uh, God bless you thank you very much and on the other hand it's like please reach out a little more keep me in your rotation but listen to other people for, for the love of God um <laughs> okay last Friday Friday night smacker down right the number one show from the, the world wrestling entertainment company airing on Fox they decide. They start talking about it during the day. They start putting this out on their social media. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are going to trade titles, right? Because Charlotte Flair, the Raw Women's Champion, has been drafted to SmackDown, and she still owns the title, holds the Raw title. And Becky Lynch, the SmackDown Women's title, was drafted to Raw, and she still has the SmackDown title. So they were like, "Well, we'll just." Get into the ring and we'll swap them like the New Day did with the Street Profits at the uh, last draw, which, by the way, uh, draw, excuse me, draft, which, by the way, sucked. So somehow they thought, hey, we'll do it this year and it'll be better. But oh, my God, what is the opposite of something hoping something is better? Because it is entirely not that that happened. So, the basic premise, and this was the main event segment. They didn't even finish with the match. They finished. They they set up. You got Bruce Pritchard doing, uh, preparing the run sheet, and he's going, we're, we're going to end it. Sometimes Bruce sounds like Vince, okay? This is not on me. And Bruce is like, we're going we're gonna to finish the show with the title switch. We're going to have Becky and Charlotte in the ring, and they're going to switch titles. That'll be, that'll be great shit, pal. That's Bruce. Bruce doing his Vince impersonation as he's doing uh, the run sheet. So at the very foundations of this this, uh, milestone evening in in, in professional wrestling in 2021, at the very basis of it, they thought that a title switch, just handing the other person the title... Being booked into the main event segment was a good idea. Okay, so already we're 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 you know we're we're about to strike out here. We've swung twice. We're two strikes. Look at me with my baseball analogies. So everyone thought it was. Everyone knew it was bad. It was going to be bad. 
during the championship exchange segment, okay, there was a, there was a moment where Charlotte Flair was to hand her belt to Becky Lynch, right? But instead, pulled it away and threw the belt on the mat. Now, there, I understand that there is contention here as to whether Charlotte did it on purpose or if it slipped out of her hands. But the point here, the important, the important nugget of information here is that Charlotte did not give Becky the belt, okay? Regardless of whether you think it was purposeful or whether it was an act of, of God, the belt did not end up in Becky Lynch's hand, all right? At that point, Sonya Deville demanded, requested, required, insisted that Charlotte Flair retrieve the belt and hand it to Becky. So Charlotte, like, you know, reached down, pick it up, and, and gave it to and gave the, the title to Becky. And then Becky sort of threw her title at, at Charlotte. She threw the and, and that was apparently not part of the plan either. So this all all this shit happens, and we're looking at this. This bullshit. Because SmackDown, might I remind you, SmackDown is the most miserable watch in pro wrestling today. All right? It really is. It is the most miserable watch on TV as far as pro wrestling goes. So we're, we're all looking at this bullshit unfold before our eyes. And then Twitter starts lighting up. As I'm sitting down to watch CM Punk, no, Bobby Fish versus Brian Danielson on um, on Rampage, right? That was the match, right? I, I think so. <clears throat> As I'm settling in to, to watch that, Twitter starts going aflame. Start, because apparently... Whatever happened in the ring was a shoot. It wasn't supposed to go down that way. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. We hear suddenly from backstage, some backstage notes, reports, saying that Charlotte uh, had voiced some concerns about the exchange and she didn't want to look weak, right? So that's why she didn't want to... To, she was already against the idea, so that's why she didn't want to give Becky the title. She was against the whole title exchange to begin, begin with. We heard that she was going around campaigning for Bianca to have won the title on to win the title on Monday, right? So that you don't have to do this weak ass shit like exchanging titles. So, so we hear all about, but and apparently the whole thing was made but and then we we start hearing more stuff that the whole thing was made to to make Becky look bad right the and then we hear that there's this backstage argument after the segment took place at gorilla position but the argument took place at gorilla position right after the after uh you know Becky and Charlotte get into a thing backstage we're told Flair was asked to leave the venue to avoid any further issues. Oh, and then during the weekend, we get 
Oh, more details on the Becky Lynch-Charlotte Flair confrontation. That apparently she was escorted by WWE officials. And then we get more precisions on these details. No, no, no. She was escorted by security. Then, over the course of the weekend, new reports emerge that we learn of the original plan, right? Where Becky was supposed to grab Charlotte's belt and do the Becky two belts thing and then throw her her title at Charlotte, right? Because... new details right then then we learn more new details more new details that 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 charlotte disrespected vincent kennedy mcmahon and didn't go talk to him at gorilla right she just walked away Uh, and then more details uh, emerge that that we Becky Lynch is being lauded as a hero by the the locker room she's considered a hero for doing what she we don't know who's saying that we don't know no one came out to say Becky Lynch is a hero for what she did no one we don't know who's we but apparently new details emerge that tell us that Becky Lynch is this hero and now now Charlotte Flair she's difficult to work with this is things that we've suddenly we're starting to learn that apparently she has no friends. She's been isolating in the uh, in the locker room area, right? All these details dripping across the the from Friday to Saturday to Sunday, right into Monday. All these things popping up. Here's the deal. I don't want, I'm not going to sit here and try to analyze what's going on. I'm not going to break this down and say, this person's right, this person's wrong. You know, it, it ultimately doesn't matter. It, 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 it really doesn't matter. Because I would like you guys, gals, non-binary pals, everyone who's listening right now, I want you to think about what happened here. Because regardless of what you feel about Charlotte Flair, and I know Charlotte is an easy target, no one, or at least she is highly disliked by the community at large, right? The fans, they don't like her for a bunch of reasons. I want you to think about the fact that from Friday night onward for easily three days, We were drip-fed information. A day after day, there was a little something new happening to bury Charlotte a little more. Funny how we didn't hear about anything positive that Charlotte, outside of the fact that she was campaigning for the title switch to not happen, which which was information that was leaked on Friday, but then everything after that was just like, Charlotte sucks, Charlotte's terrible, Charlotte doesn't work well with others, Charlotte doesn't have any friends, Charlotte hates Becky, Becky's a hero, no one can stand Charlotte, someone had to stand up to to, to Charlotte, and this is what it was. Why do you think, and I'm asking you you good viewers here, like Diego Rafael Soles Rivera, good to see you. I'm asking him and everyone else, why do you think This information was delivered unto our favorite wrestling report, wrestling news sites. Why do you think that? 
It's not a coincidence. It's not some... And, and, I, and I know I've said this before to you all, and I'm going to say it again here. There is nothing that gets leaked in wrestling media. Nothing that gets leaked unless someone leaks it. And most of the time, there is an agenda behind it. Sometimes the agenda is noble. Sometimes it might be just an opportunity to get back at someone or to discredit someone or to perform character assassination on that person. Because it's one thing to dislike Charlotte because of her booking, because of how she's presented, because of how she conducts herself in the ring, because of uh, uh, you know what level of what what her skill level is to you. Those are all very subjective things, right? It's all attached to the art and in a lot of decision, in a lot of situations, it's not all up to her. If you don't like how she's booked, well, there's a fair chance that it's not her fault because there's someone else calling the shots on that. But when it comes to wrestlers being assholes, legit assholes to other wrestlers in the locker room, that's where a lot of fans draw the line and it is hard to be subjective there. Then it's like, well, this person is not a good person. See, I knew it because I knew she was a bad person because she can't land a moonsault. That kind of stuff. I knew she. I know she was the golden goose of of WWE's women's division because she picked a fight with Becky. I knew it. This, to me, as I was looking at this unfold. Regardless of what I feel about Becky Lynch and Charlotte, who, by the way, by the way, I like both women. I think, I think they are, look, they're at the top of their game and they wouldn't be at the top of their game if they didn't have what was required, what was needed to be up top there. Okay? Just going to clear that up. There is, um, Looking at everything that was happening over the, the past few days, to me, it really came across as character assassination, as someone finally getting an opening to go after Charlotte and discredit her and brand her with one of the absolute worst stamps that a wrestler can get in the eyes of smart fans. And that is to be hard to work with it is one of the worst in regards to public perception this is someone or some people who really saw an an opportunity to tear her down because otherwise we would not be having we would not have been getting further reports more details New reports, uh, new information regarding. We wouldn't have got none of that without a concerted effort to make Charlotte look bad. Now, I am not, um, I am not <coughs> questioning the capacity 
the talent, uh, the rigor of, <coughs> excuse me, of wrestling media members and journalists who were reporting this. I can only assume that all proper due diligence was done here because I am in good faith. But nonetheless, the fact that information, new information, new stuff was being drip-fed every day got us to the point where Charlotte Flair is essentially comes across as being persona non grata, doesn't play well with others, is hated backstage. This feeds in to someone's narrative. This is someone who was ready to take Charlotte down, was just looking for an opportunity to do it and make her look bad in the eyes of wrestling fans. No, I do not think that this is Charlotte Flair trying really, really hard to get fired so she could go work AW with her boyfriend. I think that's too short-sighted. I think you're too much in a bubble. I think there are larger, there's a larger thing at work here. Uh, there's a little tin foil here under my cap. Not going to lie, thinking about all of this. There's something else. Because every, don't forget, nothing in wrestling gets leaked without an agenda. Why do you think that we don't hear about people being disgruntled in AEW, right? Because, probably because we're not. What is the shit that gets leaked from AEW? The locker room is happy and everyone is content with what they're doing. Why? Well, that's probably the truth. But the minute that people start getting pissed off, the minute that start people start getting cranky, there will be shit that will be leaked. You can count on it. AEW is not going to be any different than any promotion that has been around since the 80s. It's going to happen inevitably. And everything that is going to be leaked will be leaked for a reason. Look, I'm going to point back and I think my most recent example is when Sammy Guevara went to Impact Wrestling. Do you remember this? When Sammy went to Impact, it was suddenly leaked that Sammy didn't want to do the job, right? He didn't want... I, Ace Austin, he didn't want to lose to Ace Austin, something like that. He had come in to do some tapings and he was told, no, uh, he, you know, uh, he doesn't want to lose... So he threw a fit and went home. You're, you you remember that, right? Why would why would that leak? If not by someone likely in Impact who wanted to screw around with uh, Sammy's uh, persona, uh, public image, uh, a well liked wrestler among the fans. Or we can go back and think about. Do you, hey, here's another very good one. Sasha and Bailey on the floor crying after losing their uh, tag titles. Remember, remember that one? The perpetrators will remain, remain anonymous here, but I know, you, I know you know what I'm talking about. Same bullshit. Why does this stuff get leaked? It gets leaked for a reason. And I'm not, I am not trying to say that wrestling journalists are complicit in this all the opposite i believe in good faith because i have spoken to many journalists hell i've worked for some <laughs> uh 
and I understand a lot of their worth, their work ethic. I believe in their good faith. I believe they are good faith operators and whatever due diligence had to be made was done, that they're not just, you know, a mouthpiece. I That's not what I want to get across here. But what I want you as an audience to question yourselves, why was this information leaked? Why did we get so much supplemental information that just kept on piling on top of Charlotte, piling on top and piling on top of her to the degree where we're, that we hear preposterous, preposterous uh, 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 sweeping statements like everyone in the locker room says Becky Lynch is a hero where I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's the most, that is the absolute top thing that cannot be substantiated unless you get people actually coming out and saying, yeah, 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 yes. You do get the majority. That's an, it's an unsubstantiated claim. But why are we keep, why do we keep getting these day after day for three to four days straight on Charlotte? We may never know what the reason was. And you know what? We'll probably only know exactly what happened in a few years from now when Becky and Charlotte start doing shoot interviews. Maybe we'll end up knowing what the story is. But at this point, don't ask yourselves, was this good? Was this bad? The segment sucked. The segment was destined to suck. The levels of suck that it attained, though, that's that was spectacular. But don't ask yourselves whether Becky is right or Charlotte is wrong or vice versa. Ask yourselves, why is this information being leaked? That is a much more interesting question. That is a much, much more interesting question. Since we're on the topic of WWE, Halloween Havoc 2021 happened. And um, it was not as good as last year's. It really wasn't. I didn't think it was a good show. Don't think it was a bad show, but I don't think it was good. I think it is. It's it's like it's kind of like the curse of NXT these days, where it's like eh, NXT 2.0 things happen. <clears throat> that that's how I feel. I'm gonna run down the the results really really fast here. Um, the the uh, Toxic Attraction ladies. Priscilla Kelly, a.k.a. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane defeated champions Io Shirai and Zoe Stark and Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada in a triple threat scare way to hell ladder match um, to become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, this was a mess. It was a mess. Um, God bless Io Shirai for... Um, for just being completely insane per usual and taking the most ridiculous bump uh, off the ladder, the lateral ladder that was just insane. Um, Zoe Stark was having an off night. And I like Zoe Stark a lot, a lot. But she really was having a, a, a an off night. Her kicks weren't landing. Uh, look, nothing was working for her. Um, I'm Honestly, the silver lining here is having Priscilla Kelly, who is a... a, a uh, Someone that I really, really like. Thrilled to see her get some championship gold in WWE. Good for her. 
And frankly, you know, there was there was a lot. Of, I, I felt like a lot of this match was to make Persia Perota. And I don't see what they see in, in her. I just don't. Joe Gacy defeated, defeated Malik Blade in a semi-squatch match. There's this thing with, you know, Parker Boudreaux, whatever his name is now, Harlan, Har- Harden, Harlo, Harlow, I don't remember. You know, it's been a couple of weeks that I've been like, I've, I have to talk about the the J, the, the Joe Gacy things. And it's kind of become a meme in the in the Discord. But, so I'm going to talk about Joe Gacy real quick and, 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 and the gimmick that he's doing. I'm not offended by the gimmick. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Even though, like, everything that he... That he's bringing forward about, you know, safe spaces, you know, and everyone being respectful. And stuff, are values that, that I hold and I think that are important, you know, and, you know, maybe the semi-mockery, you know, it's clearly a mockery of, you know, the, as they like, you know, as people who who are on the opposite side of the fence like to say, you know, this is, you know, it's the cancel culture crowd, right? And he's coming after them. Every time WWE or even WCW, you know, got challenged by special interest groups or morality thinkers that sort of contravened, came to to sort of ruffle their trees a little bit and say, hey, you know what, the the programming you're putting out right here is kind of offensive to some people. Whenever they get attacked by people like that, they counteract with a gimmick on television that would make fun of the people that they that would make fun of the people who are coming after WWE right to censor for instance which was a direct attack to the parent teachers commission coalition whatever they were the PTC I mean the PTC they were, they were terrible and terrible people but still that was that yeah standards and practices in WCW it's the same thing it's just a contemporary version and instead of it being a television like a a a a a, a you know a, a a member of the media or uh, a member of the media or, you know, someone within a, a, a network's organization uh, or an organization, period, right? You end up with uh, Joe Gacy, who is, you know, people on the internet complaining that uh, that women are disrespected and that everyone should be happy and so on and so but The thing here that Joe Gacy is a, I think he's a pretty good wrestler, he's talented but he has a gimmick that will never get over he won't get over with this it's not going to work i don't know why they're doing it it didn't get it didn't get right to censor over like stevie richards didn't get a lifelong wwe career thanks to it no it was it was a circumstantial thing that was bound to be tossed to the wayside no one got over with those half-assed gimmicks and Joe Gacy's not going to get over with it either it's not even worth getting offended by the gimmick and saying this is terrible the WWE's making fun it's just so stupid and you know you know it is old white men writing these promos because of the language that's being used Twitter language snowflakes and bullshit like that that they don't understand what it means and that right now are not even uh, trigger words anymore. They're, it's already passe, but that's WWE, right? They'll always be two or three years behind the trend, except for the fact that recently they've been talking about, you know, Squid Games. Squid Game. 
Squid Game, excuse me, uh, on uh, on television. Very good show, Squid Game, by the way, if you're looking to watch something while waiting for the uh, live-action Cowboy Bebop show. Excellent stuff. Had Roderick Strong uh, defeating Odyssey Jones in the... Okay, whatever. Whatever. Mandy Rose defeated Raquel Gonzalez to become the uh, new WWE NXT Women's Champion due to interference by Dakota Kai, who is back. Apparently, she went up, had her dark march, her dark matches, and Vince is like, nope, all right, we can send her back. I don't like her. And this is ridiculous. Raquel, excuse me, Dakota Kai is one of the most talented women that they have on that roster and who is also very well liked and who has a fan base and who people are ready to get behind and they don't know what to do with her. And this is the, it's the most WWE thing, isn't it? The mo- It is the absolute most WWE thing to have such a surefire prospect of a talent like Dakota Kai and they're like, creative's got nothing for you, pal. We're sending you back to NXT. Imperium defeated MSK to uh, become the uh, NXT Tag Team Champions in a Lumberjack-O-Lantern match. They did this a Lumberjack. Look, Lumberjack matches suck. They're terrible. I ask this every time. Tell me, I want you to spontaneously without popping up onto the internet, tell me what is the greatest lumberjack match that you have ever seen. It'll be like, ugh. There is no such thing as a good lumberjack match and it's always the same bullshit. And not only do they do the lumberjack match here, but at some point during the match, the lumberjacks leave. Like, what is the point of doing this in the first place? Why... Even do the stip if the stip's not going to stay to the very end. Who's keeping an eye on the stips? Who's enforcing the stipulations here? The Lumberjacks just fucked off. Anyway, all I can say here to MSK is don't piss off Izzy's parents. And in the main event, Tommaso Ciampa successfully defended the NXT title against Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker, who had a moment with Chucky. Chucky, look, and here's the other. There was supposed to be, it was supposed to be LA Knight, who was supposed to be the host. But then, I don't even know what his name is. What's the guy's name? Graham Cracker? Graham Graham, Graham Williams? What is the guy's name? It, it doesn't even matter. It, honestly, it doesn't matter. But the other that the other guy who lost the match to uh, LA Knight last week that made LA Knight the host of Halloween Havoc, he comes out and he has he has the floor and I'm like, what is going on? LA Knight comes in at the end and they do what? There's a schmoz. They fight each other. It's so stupid. But then on top of that host, you have another host, which is Chucky the Doll, Chucky from the Child Play, uh, Child's Play. A series of movies and brand new television show on the USA Network. I don't know if you've heard, 
but there's some great synergy going on there. And he, he, he Chucky's doing a, and Chucky shows up in Braun Breaker's locker room and Braun Breaker goes, oh, and he, and he does a quip like we've got unfinished business or whatever, some shit. I don't know, but it's a nod to Rick Steiner back in WCW when he was standing in the ring and Chucky appeared on his screen and cut a promo on Rick Steiner and Rick Steiner's son, Braun Breaker, is there and Chucky's there. And it's, oh, and everyone's going, oh, long-term storytelling. I enjoyed the nod. But at this point, at this point, what, how can they not let Braun Breaker use the Steiner name? They're going to let Braun Breaker come out with the chain, the, the chain mail cow before they call him Steiner. It's like at this point, come on, guys. You're just taking the piss. You're just taking the piss at this point. Anyway, they had a, they had a fine match. wasn't anything amazing. wasn't anything great, but I liked it. A lot of people got pissed off. A lot of people got pissed off in uh, that uh, Champa defeated the young upstart. I don't mind, and maybe it is my own, you know, booking sensibilities, and you know that don't necessarily always apply to WWE. But I'm like, look. Braun Breaker loses against the vet. Why would the new up-and-comer who debuted about two months ago on TV, why would this guy beat Tommaso Ciampa? Let him come in. And Ciampa had to murder him with a series of knee strikes and then, like, hit a second fairy tale ending to win. So I'm like, Braun Breaker's fine. Let him go off, lick his wounds, come back stronger. It. That's it. That's all they have to do. Make the win mean something down the road. If he had won last night, it would have been completely garbage. And it would be like, oh, well, there you go. Ciampa's done. <clears throat> it makes sense that the new guy loses to one of the pillars of the modern NXT. Tommaso Ciampa, a guy who just came out of a tag team with Timothy Thatcher, where their whole thing was, we want to break people in half. And Ciampa has always been a vicious son of a bitch. That's always been his character. That's always been his thing. Well, at least since his heel turn, right? Post-DIY. Let's be, if we're being, uh, if we want to be nitpicky here. That's all right. There was nothing, <clears throat> nothing spectacular on the show. And it was actually weighed down by a lot of nonsense. And the Haunted House stuff, that was just, that was just awful. I was just awful. I didn't like, I, I thought, I thought it was dumb. I, what, the, the Loomis... Um, Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes Haunted House thing from last year was umpteen times more entertaining than what we got here because we had Cameron Grimes to carry us through it. Here, it's like they called out, they, they, they rented out the least expensive haunted house in Orlando and had, and they literally just had the guys walk around and be like, Oh, an actor in Spooky Getup. Oh, another actor in Spooky Getup. Boring as shit is what it was. It wasn't great. I really didn't care for it. Impact Professional Wrestling also had a um, a pay-per-view this weekend. Bound for Glory, one of the big ones for the company. It's 
started off with the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Title Match, where the inspiration, formerly known as the Iconics, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay defeated Rosemary and Havoc, aka Decay. There's a lot of Jesse McKay defeat Decay, aka Rosemary and Havoc. Um, uh, 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 Cassie and Jesse wrestled more in this one match than their entire run with the WWE Tag Team Women titles. Uh, I thought this was all right. I thought it was good. And I, I, I found that people were very, very hard on uh, the former Iconics. I thought the inspiration looked uh, as good as they could here. And it's always the same thing. Just let them wrestle, put them on TV. That's how they'll that's how they'll continue improving and getting better. This was fine. I know a lot of people are perturbed by the fact, oh, they just land in and they get the titles. Well, there were more reasons to be perturbed in the show. Impact X Division title tournament final three-way match for the vacant X Division title. And it's Trey Miguel who defeated El Fantasmo and Steve Macklin in a fun one. I enjoyed it as most X Division titles go. Great performance by Steve Macklin. I love El Fantasmo. Uh, I think uh, I also think that Trey Miguel is fantastic as well. Good showing by everyone here. Kudos all around. We got a tag team. Uh, we got a tag team match. Heath and his. Heath and his surprise partner, which turned out to be Rhino, defeated Violent by Design. Violent by Design's uh, team of Diener and Joe Doring. Not much here. Then we got the Call Your Gauntlet, uh, Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. Moose defeated everyone to win the to win the Call Your Shot title. Uh, don't even get me started. But here we we'll we'll get there. Impact doesn't do a great job with its uh with its battle royals i think they're all over the place they're scattered they're not great the impact world tag team title three may with three way mat three way match between the good brothers uh chris bay and hikaleo and finn juice uh came up with uh, the good brothers retaining it was all right again like nothing nothing to write home about this was a pretty good match here. Impact Knockouts title match. Mickey James defeated champion Deanna Perazzo to become the, the new Impact Knockouts champion. Congratulations to Mickey James. This, I think, was her 10th world title in her career. I want to say fourth time as Knockouts champ, I think. Solid match. Solid match. I've got nothing to say outside of the fact that I'm kind of, you know, every champion ends up losing the straps at some point. I like Diana. I like I I like I, I like how she wrestles. I like how I like her in-ring character and I love her style. There's not there's not another woman uh in wrestling that wrestles quite like her. She's very unique, like she's a great champ, is what I'm trying to say. It was fine. More than fine. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. 
then we got a great main event. Uh, Josh Alexander defeating Christian Cage to become the new Impact World Champion only to get Moose do the thing and do his call your shot thing immediately after the match and defeated Josh Alexander in like seven seconds with a, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because Moose, I don't like Moose. I, I don't like him. I've got, you know, he's problematic to me and to a lot of people. So, you know, this is this is impact being very, very impact. Because I was looking at Josh Alexander, who is a phenomenal wrestler and can absolutely be, you know, that guy to be at the forefront of your company, bringing it forward. Hey, you know, this feels like a new era, new people, new faces. Josh Alexander, he rules. Now we go back to Moose. That's such good heat, pal. This is how we're going to get people invested in it. No. Moose has had tons of runs with the title. Why not just try the Josh Alexander experiment right here? No. They, they're clearly, I mean, they're clearly going to do a rematch and whatnot, but I'm done with Moose. I'm done with Moose being in these high-level positions. want to get into that but i do want to get into the fact that apparently these are the reports that are circulating that um impact's relationship with aew is over that it was uh reports were coming out that the uh, apparently the re the relationship came to an end after bound for glory uh and um and if so i am very disappointed <laughs> And I think I'm I'm left here scratching my head, wondering what did Impact do to better itself in this situation. First of all, first of all, <clears throat> no forbidden door stuff with the like no exchanges between AEW and uh, Impact for the women and. Diana was very vocal about this. They, yeah, sure, they sent her the, to, to, to AAA, sure. They, she went to NWA, sure. But nothing for the women. There was no exchange. There was no, there was no Brit versus Diana. There was no uh, uh, Layla Hirsch versus, um, no uh, Layla Hirsch versus uh, 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 Chelsea Green. I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing stuff around. There was no Ty versus Mickey James. You know, like there could have been, there could have been so many possibilities here. Plus, bringing in women to work to work the tag team champions would have also been a possibility there too. AEW provided uh, uh, they they sent um, Red Velvet and Kylan King to NWA for the Empower tournament for at, at Empower for the women's tag title tournament. Uh why not send them over and have have them challenge Decay? Well to, uh, Decay no that's it. No Decay would have been okay because I, I always think Crazy Steve's in the tag team, but no no could have Havoc. Jessica Havoc. Yeah. So I'm like Alright whatever. But I'm very disappointed that that didn't happen. And I'm convinced that there are women within Impact who are very disappointed that nothing moved on that end. 
You got people coming in from New Japan. You got people coming in from uh, people. When I say men, men coming in from New Japan, men coming in from uh, from AEW, but nothing for the women, and nothing for Diana to sink her teeth into. That's disappointing. But honestly, this this pay per view comes to an end. You have Christian Cage dropping the title to to Josh Alexander. That should have been significant. That should have been significant enough for the company to be like, look, this is our guy who beat one of the AEW guys for the for our title, got it back, and this is the guy that we're going to run with. No, they have him job out. They have him lose instantly. No more heat for Josh Alexander. I don't understand it. They, and why did they not take... This is what I thought they were going to do when I was praising this idea of Kenny having multiple belts. You'll all remember I was saying... I was saying that what the what the promotions have the opportunity to do here is to heat up a new guy who is going to take the belts off of Kenny, right? I was sort of miffed when they decided to go with Christian Cage. I was like, well, cool and all, and it does help AEW quite a bit, but I mean, we knew Christian Cage wasn't going to stay in impact and be the guy moving forward. I'm like, what are they trying to do here? Why couldn't we have had Josh Alexander, Josh, Josh Alexander, excuse me, versus Kenny Omega for the title and elevate a guy like that? Because you know Omega and Alexander would have had an awesome match. One where Jason Alexander would have been made a made man. And a guy people I am convinced would tune in to watch wrestle more. Convinced. But no, we're... You know, impact's got to be impact. Have Josh Alexander defeat Christian Cage, who is a great worker, don't get me wrong, but not the superstar, not the box office that is Kenny Omega. And then not only that, have Josh Alexander just get all of his heat scrapped up by Moose, just like... And ending the pay-per-view on the most deflating way possible. And and people going like, well, what's the point here? I don't see what it I don't see what the big gains impact made here because it feels like the big gains, which was to have some AEW talent show up, having Kenny Omega be the champion, and I think it was ultimately turned out to be spoiled. I don't think. I, I don't think that the long-term ramifications of this association are valuable. I don't think there's anything really to... I don't think Impact really gleans because then, because the minute that they're done with their, allegedly, of course, immediately that they're done with their with their association with AEW, they go back to doing the most impact things, the most TNA things ever. And I feel like we're back to square one. But it really, I, the my main major qualm is that it's ending without anything really substantial for the women, boys, girls, and everyone else. That stinks. It really does. Bound for Glory was a very, 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 very average show. Super average show. 
good stuff, nothing great. I love I I thought the dual main events were great, were very good. But I think that if it if it had ended with Josh Alexander and the title, probably would have got some goodwill there. But it, it's such a sh- it's a terrible booking decision. It really is. To wrap this up, I'm going to gush. I'm going to gush for a second on Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. Their match that they had on Dynamite last night. Not much Dynamite talk tonight. I'll try. I'll make it up to you next week. Um, I loved this match so much. There was a lot to love on Dynamite last night. Look, I, I couldn't catch it live. Work was holding me back doing stuff. I'm not holding me back. It was it was scheduled. Like, but, but look, I had real life work <laughs> keeping me away from watching my wrestling. And I come back and I'm chatting with Kristen and she says, you missed a really good episode of Dynamite War. And I'm like, wow, if if you if you come out here, because Kristen's a harsh critic of AEW. And if she's telling me that it was a very good episode, I'm like, oh boy. I'm in for a treat. And I was. Fantastic. So many. Ethan Page, Sammy Guevara, fantastic work. Um, The main event was just perfectly silly, wasn't it? I thought it was great. Uh, CM Punk, Bobby Fish, great stuff. Um, And the main event, great stuff as well. But that women's match, I love how it, it, it felt personal. Like, from the get-go, they just, like, dove in. And that was because, you know why it felt personal? Because it was. Because they had set this one up. They had done a nice, tidy little mid-card feud with two of their excellent women talent. They got us invested into a match just by go figure, proper booking, followed by some really good wrestling. And that's how you get people invested in wrestlers, whether they're women or men. And the more they do these types of angles with the women, the more that they set things up, little mid-card feuds that have passion, that have stakes, even if they're personal stakes, the more they keep doing that, the more people are going to get invested in the women's division. And AEW will have gold on their hands. They already do have gold. They just don't know how to use it properly. And when I see matches like Serena Deeb versus Karushita, like last night, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing sitting on their hands? They've got the proof positive right here. Let's go. Let's fucking go with this tournament. Let's keep pushing the women. Let's keep creating these little mid-card situations where uh, where, where there, there's bad blood, just like they do with all the guys across the entire division, right? Let go. Go, because this is the payoffs that we love. You've got Deeb in the ring working the left knee just like she did. Their story, their story continuity, their sports-centric story continuity going on here. Sheeta fights back with some power moves. She does a stalling suplex. She hits a huge axe kick. And, and right on the back of Deeb's neck, straight jacket German on top of that. Deeb, she goes back fighting the knee. She she even knocks the fucking chair away. And I'm like, she's the smartest woman in the room. She sees she does set up the chair. She knows what, what she's going to do. So she she what does she what does Deep do? She just fucking talk, knocks the chair away. Cause she's smart. That's what I want in my wrestlers. I want them to be smart, smart, not some 
with stupid fucking dummies all the time. Figure four off the post, laying on the steps. What a fucking great visual. She blocks a knee strike and rolls into a half crab. She being deep. It's great stuff. She hits an inverted figure four on top of that. Just a fantastic match. Deep goes after the knee again with the chairs after the match. It continues. The feud is continuing. Deep is the greatest heel that they have in the company. She's a she's an actual heel. That's the problem that they have with Britt Baker. Britt Baker's a great heel, but everyone's cheering for her. And that's the problem that they have when it's time to start building baby faces up for her. But hey, you've got yourself here. You've got Serena Deeb, who is not only a fantastic heel, a true-to-form heel that no one wants to cheer for, but she is one of the best wrestlers out there. Male, female, it doesn't matter. Serena Deeb is one of the best in the game today. Great match. Absolutely great match. That was my highlight of AEW last night. I know a lot of people really like... I, I love the main event. I thought the main event was great. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says Warren, please give me props for calling Ghostbusters costumes on Dynamite. And he did in the in the uh, on the Discord, which you should join, by the way. Link is in the description. Anakin said that, you know, there, there'll probably be someone... Uh, a bunch of people doing Ghostbuster costumes. And look at that. The elite show up in their costumes. Ghostbuster costumes. I love that. I love the setup. And again, a monster pop for Hangman Adam Page. Let's keep the let's keep it rolling, guys. Despite the fact CM Punk, despite the fact uh, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson, everyone thought that the audience would be out of pops. They love themselves some Adam Page. The more we're getting closer to full gear, the more I think they're they're actually going to do it. They're going to pull the trigger on it. They really do. It's the weekly wrestling inspection. Almost didn't, I almost didn't ignite the right sequence here. Folks, we're going to wrap this up for this week. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to get so, uh, just get so animated for the, for the, 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 the deep, the deep Sheeta stuff. But God damn, that was great stuff. You know what? Look, you know what else is great stuff? The post show. We're going to head on over to the post show uh, in, in, in just a few minutes. I'm going to head on over there for members only. We're going to be talking about the the Ring of Honor talents. I want to hear what you guys uh, feel about what the uh, Ring of Honor talent might be doing moving forward. Who are your favorites? Uh, who, who would you see who would be a good fit where? Let's go talk about it tonight, immediately after we're done here. And by the way... It's for members. All you have to do is become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show YouTube channel and you can come and jump in. We take, we I chat a lot with everyone in the chat. We take calls from the Discord. It is a good time. Patrick Mason, good to see you, friend. Yeah, you can restart this. There's lots of good stuff that we talk about on this show tonight. Lots of good people who showed up as well. Thank you all very much 
for joining me live. Thank you. Even if you're not live, if you're listening right now on YouTube or on your favorite podcast application, I appreciate you. I really do. And I hope you guys have a great, great rest of your week, a great Thursday evening, a great weekend. I'll see you next time.